Hi friend, welcome back to She Speaks Life. I am so glad you are listening today. Hey, if you have not received my free gift yet, click on the link below in the show notes and I will give you my free download of God's ID, my ID, which is all about God's characteristics and how they apply to your life today. Plus, you'll get the newest updates of some new stuff coming that I'm super excited about and I want you to be a VIP member. Today, I have with me Jenny Albers. She is the author of Courageously Expecting, and she shares her journey of pregnancy after loss. Never did she imagine to miscarry two times, and what she shares about the fears of getting pregnant again and going through the loss and grief of another pregnancy. She now encourages women to walk courageously even in the midst of the unknown, choose hope over doubt, And if you are finding yourself pregnant or want to be pregnant after experiencing a loss, this conversation will bring you so much courage to believe and trust God for restoration and that joy will come in the morning. Here's my conversation with Jenny Albers. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to She Speaks Life. I'm so excited you're here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, before we dive into your story, I always like to start us off with what is your favorite scripture verse? Yes. So one that I lean on often is Isaiah 41 verse 13. And it says, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I'm constantly the person saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And Mm -hmm. so that last part, I will help you, is always just such a good reminder in every situation that God is our help and that he is here with us. Yeah, that's so good. I know. Fear's a big one, right? And it's a battle to come against that and resist it and just speak truth over it. So love those verses when it talks about how God's with us when we're afraid. You wrote a book called uh, Courageously Expecting 30 Days of Encouragement for Pregnancy Loss. So to start us off, you had a, a normal pregnancy with your first child and you plan to have more. Share your story with us. Yeah. So when my daughter was about two and a half years old, we were pregnant um, with our second pregnancy, our second child, um, and we ended up losing that pregnancy very early on. Um, So I was about six weeks pregnant, um, suddenly felt some really severe pain, called my doctor, went to the hospital, and we discovered that it was an ectopic pregnancy. Um, Mm -hmm. So it wasn't going to be a viable pregnancy. Um, The implantation did not occur where it was supposed to. And so that pregnancy resulted in loss. Um, And then later that year, we became pregnant again with our third pregnancy, Um, went through it kind of the whole time. I mean, I was nervous, but I was really hanging on to hope after we kind of got um, the news that the implantation had occurred where it was supposed to, there were no signs that anything was wrong, but something inside me felt like something was off. And so I think that was probably mother's intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, I kept going through that pregnancy. And then um, just prior to 18 weeks pregnant, my water broke 
And mm-hmm. so very early, right? Like way too mm-hmm. early for um, labor to be starting. And so my water right. broke and I was pregnant for about three weeks after that. Um, I continued the pregnancy. Um, I continued to go in for checks. The baby had a strong heartbeat, was continuing to grow. Um, but my body, I, I, I say, and I refer to it as my body failed um, and my body didn't do what it was supposed to do, right? Um, and what we expect it to do during pregnancy. And so um, just after 20 weeks with that pregnancy, I gave birth to a stillborn baby. Mm. Um, and then, um, you know, it took us a really long time to decide to try again. Um, it was mm. almost a year. I mean, so that entire year um, that happened in January of 2015. Mm. And so kind of, it was a bad start to the year. And kind of that whole year was just really dark with grief um, and confusion. And we didn't understand why. We didn't understand what to do next. Um, We prayed a lot. We, you know, and it was also a faith battle. So I'm not trying to say that to make it sound like it was easy. Like we just prayed it away. That is not how that went. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a very hard season. Um, And so towards the end of that year, I became pregnant again for the fourth time. And that pregnancy is what Courageously Expecting is largely based on. Um, It's specific to pregnancy after loss, which of Mm. course ties into pregnancy loss um, and the two losses that I had experienced prior to that fourth pregnancy. Just imagine a flood of emotions coming at you. How did that change you and how did you you know, pick yourself up to try to get pregnant again? Yes. Um, well, it wasn't an easy decision. And my husband and I definitely wavered kind of back and forth as far as what to do um, moving forward. Um, some of the ways that it changed me definitely made me more vulnerable. Um, you know, I've never been someone to talk about the hard things, right? Um, I've never been someone to cry in front of people. Um, and I've completely done like a 180 there. So, you know, I started talking about these things and I really, during that time in my life, I didn't necessarily feel like I had the understanding and support that I needed um, to get Mm -hmm. through the grief um, and that season of loss. I didn't really know anyone personally who had experienced that um, or at least who had talked with me about it and was willing to talk about it. And so I really realized that there was a need to talk about it. And I also, you know, there was many points throughout that time period where I couldn't control the emotions and the vulnerability just kind of spilled out because I didn't have control over it. Um, you know, just crying in, in the dentist's office and things like that. Or, you know, the trigger questions, right? How many kids do you have? Or you go to the doctor, is there any chance you could be pregnant? You know, all these little things that we don't really think about um, in, in regular life really are kind of amplified when you're grieving. Um, so I'd say vulnerability. It taught me how to be also, I think, a better friend. Um, you know, since then, I can't count how many people I know who have lost a baby, um, some family members, some friends people at church, you know, there's just, it's, it's constantly happening, unfortunately. And so it's really taught me how to serve those people as well as people in general who are hurting, not necessarily related to pregnancy loss. Um, but I think we kind of gain, gain skill in that. Um, after we go through our own hurts, we learn how to help other people during their seasons of hurt. Sure. You gain that 
empathy, right? Right. Because um, what better if you're walking through some kind of health issue, what better are you to encourage that person because you walked through that same thing? And let's talk about walking through getting pregnant again and facing the unknowns, like the fear, the doubts, like all the feelings, because I miscarried in, um, I was just one month pregnant and I miscarried. So I went through those emotions when I just decided to try again. And I was so scared that I was going to lose this baby. So share with us, how did you walk through that unknown time of fear and the doubts? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I constantly remembered was that we had already been through the worst and we had already been through the worst two times and that we were still going and that we were still walking and that God had carried us through um, those two horrible things. And so really trusting that he would carry us through that again. Now, that's not to say that it was easy or that every day was really pretty and joyful. It wasn't. Um, But that was something that I had to constantly come back to. Now, I will say too, that during that almost year time period before we did decide to try again, um, you know, we, we did put some things in place. We had the appointments with specialists and consultations with doctors um, and different health checks for me. Um, we never had answers as to why Micah was stillborn or to why that pregnancy ended or to why my water broke so early. Um, there were different theories, but nothing you know, nothing set in stone that we could point to and say, okay, this is what happened. This is what went wrong. And this is what we're going to do differently this time to ensure that that doesn't happen. And so we were kind of just guessing, right. And kind of talking about, um, the different things that we could put in place. So I will say that the medical aspect of that was helpful and I'm grateful to have had that care and to have the opportunity to walk with doctors, you know, kind of through that and to talk about it and to have that support. However, not having the answers made it made it difficult as well, not knowing, um, you know, what we should specifically be trying to avoid. Um, so I would say, and, and people always ask, how do you know that you're ready to try again? Um, and I don't really think you do. I, there's not an easy you know, recipe for that or an answer that we can just wrap up with a bow and say, now is the time. Um, You know, I think it's, it's so personal. So I mean, for us, we had to get through, you know, those first several months of really deep grief. Um, I knew that I wanted a baby, my husband and I both knew that. Um, However, we didn't necessarily feel brave enough to try again, you know, until it was almost one year later. And so I don't have like a really pretty answer for how do you know? I think you just have to, you get to the point where you decide we are never going to feel safe in a pregnancy. And so this time isn't necessarily better than another time. Um, It's that realization and also just that surrendering um, to God and to God's will. And, And I say that not necessarily because I, you know, had heard from God that, yes, you should have another baby. Um, but knowing that God's will will happen and will take place kind of no matter what the decision that we make is. Um, and that, that, again, can be very personal for other people. That was my experience. And so just trusting that God is going to be faithful um, in carrying us through it and in being, being with us and also in being our help, um, you know, kind of referring back to the verse that we talked about earlier. 
Yeah, I, I go back to my how I was after, you know, that miscarriage. And I remember I'm not going to feel better until I try again. There was just, they told me, wait a whole menstrual cycle or two and then start again. And I just went against what they said mm-hmm. <laughs> because I felt like, I'm not going to feel better unless I, you know, get pregnant again or try again. And so that was uh, right or wrong. That was my coping mechanism right. at the time, well, right? And it's so personal. So you had yeah. a recommendation, but you, like, you personally were like, nope, I, I think something is better for me, you know. And so I should say that too. So after we lost Micah, um, my doctor recommended six months because it was a later loss. Um, and I always say, I mean, I think that that obviously was to give me time for my body to recover. But I also say, I think that was a time to give my heart enough time to recover as well. Um, At least, you know, from that really raw, early grief. Um, And so yeah, so we did. I mean, so that was part of it, too. We waited six months for sure. And then waited almost another five months. Yeah, because I mean, let's face it, it was way different losing a a month long versus you know, 20 weeks. I mean, my God, like I have nothing to relate it to, but you know, that one incident that happened to me, but totally, totally different. And so were you able to have joy and grief at the same time? Like you're, you're filled with joy probably that you're pregnant, but at the same time, are you still grieving or is it getting better when you got pregnant? Well, I think I mean, I think it was getting better. I def- by the time I got pregnant again, I definitely was in a better place emotionally than I had been in the previous months, you know, and I did have um, those feelings of hope and okay, like that felt like it was the end of everything when we lost Micah and it felt that way for a long time. Um, but I had kind of come out of that by the time that we became pregnant again. Um I was terrified. Yeah. I mean, to put it bluntly, I was absolutely terrified and I was terrified throughout my whole pregnancy. Um, You know, people talk about, and even my doctor talked about, and you had just kind of mentioned too, um, sometimes when we get past the point of our loss, um, we do start to feel more comfortable. Like, okay, this, this feels more tangible now. This feels more likely. Um, I never really got to that point. And I know um, so many people don't. I hear from so so many women who talk about, I never really got there. I was, I was scared the whole time. And I was, um, you know, so I think you, for sure, joy, absolutely. But I think you have to kind of be very um, intentional about thinking about that and considering it, it doesn't come as easily as maybe it would in a pregnancy that kind of didn't have the loss um, hanging over it, the loss aspect hanging over it. And so, you know, I think it is so important to focus on one day at a time. And that's, I mean, that's really all I could do. I couldn't ever get too far ahead um, because it was just too much to think about and it was too emotional. But I, you know, it's like, what do I know now? I know that I'm still pregnant. I know that I just had an appointment and I heard the baby's heartbeat. And so really focusing on what you know um, and finding joy in that heartbeat and finding joy in knowing that I'm still pregnant and finding joy in knowing that this life has purpose, even if I don't get to keep it, you know, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't last for as long as I would like it to, I, mm-hmm. I fully believe that 
every life that we carry has a purpose and that it was ordained by God. And so really choosing to believe that and to find joy in a new life, even if it doesn't go the way we planned or would like it to go. Right. So take us through relationship with the Lord through this time. Like in hindsight, can you see just this tremendous growth in walking through such a thing like this? Yeah, I think so. Um, And definitely when I was pregnant again um, with my fourth pregnancy, I really did rely so heavily on prayer and on listening to worship music and to being just with God in the quiet um, because I just, it was just so emotional um, and just every day was so hard and so filled with anxiety. And that was really the only comfort that, that I had. Um, because I didn't have certainties and I didn't have guarantees, yeah. you know, it's and, the only and comfort, right, <laughs> really. right, yeah. right. And so I think, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's yeah. in those seasons of life that, right. that we can be brought back to God when we feel so empty and that, oh, there is nothing else, right. That can fix this and we have no control over it. So I would say for sure that now, you know, after having two losses, um, I think that also drew me close to God or closer to God, but I just had, I mean, it was a lot of wrestling um, and probably most people can relate to that and wondering why me and what did I do? And is this a punishment? And, you know, all these questions that don't always have answers. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but also knowing that we can bring that all to God too. Um, I mean, that was the deepest, rawest grief um, that I've ever brought to God and trusting Mm -hmm. that, that that's okay. And that yeah. he hears us and that he's holding it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to in order to heal. We have to just pour it all out in order for us to he- heal. And he wants to hear it all. I mean, right. he knows it already, right. but it's it's healing when we can speak it out. Um, okay. So in your book, there's a chapter about choosing God over Google. <laughs> I absolutely love this because I'm such a Google freak. I Google everything so I could totally relate to, oh, I'll, you know, Google this. And it's, it can be harmful, of course, because it's like, oh, well, I should be going to prayer. I should be going to God, not Google. So it it may not be the best thing if, you know, your heart posture is not right when you're using it. So how can a mom be able to balance like you know, educating herself and, and trusting God if she's walking through this journey. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I mean, kind of like you had just mentioned, my doctor would tell me things and I would say, uh-huh, you know, but like knowing full well that I wasn't going to really listen or like take that advice, you know, yeah, and yeah. one of, one of the things that she told me and some advice she gave me was, I do not want you Googling any of this, stay off of Google. <laughs> and of course I didn't, you know, so Um, so there is, I mean, like talk to your doctor for sure. Like God has given you this expert in your life, um, who knows pregnancy and who knows you and who is hopefully, you know, a good fit and someone who can be supportive to you. So go to your doctor with some of those questions. And I think it's great to Google. I mean, there's so many things in pregnancy and especially pregnancy after a loss, um, you know, that we, that we want to know, but also we're looking for community and things like that too. Um, but I would habitually just Google the same exact things, like always looking for a different answer or a better answer. 
and I would always just get the same answer. And so I think there comes a point like Google it once, get the information you want, and then let it go. Set it down, go pray, you know, go do something else. Um, take those like anxieties to God. Giving your anxiety to Google only creates more anxiety. Because yeah. Google cannot give you the answer or the certainty that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you need to take that uncertainty to God. Yeah, that's good. Because we're ultimately trying to find our security in Google or, you know, in something that is written on the website and not having our security in God. And it requires faith and relying on his promises, on his security that he says in his word. And so I think that's why it's so important to grab your Bible, grab his word. It's truth. It's unfailing and it's alive and active and really just feed your mind and your heart and your body, your soul, everything with his truth. And that's the everlasting security right there. So I, I think this this next question, I it's so hard, but it's so freeing, is that finding courage to surrender, you know, God's plan, no matter the result. And I know you touched on this a little bit. How did you get to the point where you were able to just surrender that? your child, Abraham with Isaac? Yeah, well, I think it's it's not like a one and done. I, I, you know, I think you have to come back to that over and over again um, and remember God's promises. And I think it's important, you know, for me, it's important and really for all of us to remember that God is forming our lives into something that's good, no matter how hard they are, no matter the trials that we go through no matter how defeated we feel. So knowing that my life kind of intertwined with the life of my child, God is turning both of those things into something good, even in the devastation. Um, And so often we can't see that, right? Or we don't even get to see it in this life. Um, But trusting that God is doing something good um, with our lives and our experiences and our stories. Um, and then also remembering that he knows us better than we know ourselves. And, you know, we think, and I thought, um, after we lost Micah, like, this is it. Nothing is ever going to get better. I'm done for my life is over. I mean, some of those early, um, thoughts that we have and feelings during grief, um, you know, but God slowly brought me out of that. And so trusting, you know, that he knows what he's going to do with us and that what he's going to do with us and our stories is going to ultimately result in something good, even if it takes time and does not happen on our timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to others who have a loved one that's going through a similar journey of the unknown? Yeah, well, a couple things. One, I would say one of the most important things initially is to choose your words carefully, um, to not minimize their loss. I, you know, from this other side, from those of us who have lost a baby, it is an invisible loss. Much of the time, um, people don't even know we're pregnant. Much of the time, we haven't announced it. Um, sometimes we are further along, sometimes it's 40 weeks, you know, and so then it's a little more tangible to people on the outside. Um, 
but often it's invisible. And so to choose your words and not minimize that, well, at least it was early, at least you're young, at least you can try again. Um, God must have a plan for this, which is true, but there's a time and a place for that comment um, that, you know, kind of in those early days that can be very minimizing to someone who has lost a baby. Um, So choose your words carefully and stay away from any at least phrase. Um, So that's, you know, there's, there's a hundred things not to say, but let's just start with that. Stay away Mm -hmm. from saying at least Um, and acknowledge the loss, you know, acknowledge if the baby had a name, use the baby's name, um, I think we overthink how to respond to grief and loss. And we think yeah. we have to come up with some, you know, long, beautiful thing to say when really um, we as lost moms just want to hear, I'm so sorry for your loss. This is heartbreaking. Um, yeah. That's all it takes to acknowledge that this is really hard and devastating. Um, and then also, you know, in response to it's time to get over it. Um, we need to remember that grief has no time limit um, and everyone's loss and everyone's circumstances are different. And so grief is going to look different for all of us, just kind of based on our, our own personalities and the, the lives that we lead and the circumstances we have. Um, so grief has no time limit and it changes us. We will often, not always, but we often want to talk about our babies. We often want to, you know, use this experience to help others. And so sometimes Um, We want to talk about our babies because those babies were loved and because this experience um, had a really profound impact on us. But also sometimes we're talking about it because there are so many women who go through pregnancy loss alone and we want to um, be a community with them and we want to support them and we want to let them know I've been there too and you aren't alone. And so, you know, when people are talking about this, right, sometimes family members or friends are like, oh, here we go again. Um, But there's so much more purpose in us sharing our stories. You know, it's not meant to be a drag to anyone for sure. It's meant to honor that life. And it's meant to honor um, so many people who are also experiencing pregnancy loss and their experiences. Mm, So good. Okay. So who can you recommend a community for uh, pregnancy loss? I know I have unknown ministries. They're amazing. But who do you go to? And let's talk about your book a little bit. What does it entail? Sure. Yeah. So um, you mentioned unknown ministries. There's also Gathering Hope. Um, You can find them online at Gathering Hope. Um, They're a great organization. And then I also run a community um, online at Still Loved Babies. Um, and that's where women are given the opportunity to share their stories um, and to really put it down on paper and come together as a community. I say paper, computer, um, and come together as a community, you know, where where women can support other women in their experiences. And so those that's would great. be my two recommendations. Um, and yeah, my book is Courageously Expecting um, 30 Days of Encouragement for Pregnancy After Loss. And so it really focuses on becoming pregnant again after you have had one loss or two losses or more. Um, and it's it's meant to be, I call it a devotional, um, a mem- memoir meets devotional. So it is a devotional, but it's very much my story um, written in a devotional format. And so I go through my story, um, you know, all the emotions, all the ups and downs of pregnancy after loss, the struggles, the grief, the anxiety, um, ultimately bringing it back to a faith perspective 
um, and offering prayers and also some prompts to think through um, and to write mm -hmm. down if you want as you go through a pregnancy after loss. So good. What can you share as a takeaway for somebody who's listening here to ponder on or, you know, take action in? Yeah. So I think it's tempting. Um, and I, I know that I fell into this trap as well. It's tempting to think that, you know, our losses are all for nothing. Um, or, you know, that if my baby does not make it into my arms, like why, what is even the point? Um, and, you know, of course those things are okay to ask. Um, why, why God, why is this happening? Why did you give me this child? I know I, so I, excuse me, I asked those questions and I assume almost every other person who's lost a baby also asks those questions. But um, I have to remember that these lives were ordained by God, um, that these babies lived even though they were short lives and that their short lives have purpose and that God does not create life without a purpose. And so um, he can use our baby's life, no matter if it's a baby that you've already lost, no matter if it's a baby that you're carrying right now, um, that he can use those lives for something good and that those lives were created with purpose, even though we don't always understand. Um, and also that God treasures those lives just like we do um, and so you know so often it can feel like this is all for nothing and I went through this for nothing but God has a purpose for the life of your child just as he has a purpose for your life and so um, that's something that I had to learn through my own grief and had to come to the conclusion of but also God tells us that the lives that he creates are precious and so that includes our babies yeah yeah and we'll get to be with them an eternity right. in heaven. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. So, oh, I love it. Okay. Where can others connect with you? What's that community called again that you provide and a website and where can they find your book? Yep. So the community um, is at still loved babies and stillloved.net. So both on social media and a website. Um, my book is Courageously Expecting and you can find me at jennyalbers.com or on social media at jennyalbersauthor. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for sharing your story. As hard as it is, uh, I know it encouraged many that have walked through that same journey. So I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for having me and for giving me the space to share. Thank you so much for listening today, and I trust that God has encouraged you through this story. Did you know this podcast is on YouTube? Hop on there and subscribe, and you can see a live recording of each episode. And for more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com. That's J-A-Y-M-E elizabeth.com. And let's connect beyond this podcast by going to my Instagram handle, Jamie Elizabeth, She Speaks Life, or Facebook. Until next time, my friend, I hope God reveals himself through your own life story.